The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 325 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the birthday boy himself, Nick Pollock. Welcome to 34. How does it feel? Yeah, how, I mean, I should ask you. It's been a couple of weeks, you know? Uh, it, it's been a couple of weeks. Someone on uh, your Discord, the Discord chat today, excuse me, the uh, uh, Twitch stream chat today thought I was uh, 40 years old. Oh, this was so fun. Okay, so a couple things quickly. What is happening? Hi. I'm Nick. Um, <laughs> Fast had his birthday on a Friday, and it was a Friday where I was essentially out and about, and I didn't check Discord at all or anything like that. I was just kind of removed myself from baseball. I woke up the next day, and I was like, wait a second. And I, I texted Fast. I felt terrible. I'm wishing them a belated happy birthday and all of that. So when my birthday came around, I knew I wouldn't hear a word. <laughs> oh, I knew. I would hear absolutely nothing. You know what? Okay. And then, then, then he sends me, you know, I thought I was going to hear it on the, on the podcast. Like, oh, by the, oh, was it your birthday? You know, I thought that's what I was going to get. But, you know, you sent, you know, some, like, you know, very nice. Oh, my God. I didn't realize. Happy birthday. You know, it was good. I'm going to see. I'm going to actually save, <laughs> save you and say that like, it wasn't deliberate. We had guests in town this weekend. I had all this stuff to do. Uh, and I, uh, I was just a jerk. And then I remembered today during the stream. So we're no. both bad people. But no, no, I'm, I'm happy that you didn't. It would have made okay. me feel even worse, you know? Good. So but, uh, right. but yeah, this is, what, but this is what happened to Twitch stream. So whatever came up that someone wished me happy birthday. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it was. And then I was like, how old do you think I am? We did all these polls about how old I am. They got it right. They said I was between 30 to 34. And then mm. I was between 33 and 34. So then Fast shows up. And I say, oh, yeah, it was, it was just his birthday. And I said, Fast is older than me. Mm. So then our wonderful mod, um, his amazing fir tree, um, started it at 35 because I said you were older than me. But I didn't realize I meant like three weeks older but than still, me. People voted. <laughs> so then, for- so then, yeah. So then he put it up as 35, 36, 37, 38, and 39 plus. And I think it was 65% said 39 plus. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> 
I, I, I was just sitting at work watching the stream being like, do I need to change things about my life? That people I started, think that I'm I started laughing. I was on the stream and I started laughing. Everyone goes, what? What, what, what just happened? Why are you laughing? I was like, oh, I, I got to, I'll wait. <laughs> the poll I said it to my yet. wife. I said it to my wife and she was like, that, that has to be a joke. And I was like, I friggin' hope so. No, no, it was, it was definitely a joke. Like, there's no okay. way I thought you were a 39 plus well, fast. I took it to Twitter and I was like, how old am I? And some guy was like, if you're a day over 34, I'm going to eat my shoe. And I was like, there that really go. sucks for you because I'm yeah, 17 man. days over 34. This podcast is not about our birthdays or about no, our not. age, although we are going to be talking about numbers because we are here to talk about the list. Now, if you're here for nabs, you're a day too soon. Come mm. back tomorrow where we do it every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Last week was a blast. We aired. It was so good. We aired a commercial of mine that was just us looking into a black void three particular times. <laughs> we talked about the divisions that we liked. People seem super receptive to it. There's something that I think I mentioned at the end of the podcast that I wanted to reiterate here. If there is something in NABS that you wish that we could do a little bit more, yes. reach out to Nick and I on either in the in the comments on the reviews that you leave for the podcast or in the on YouTube when it gets uploaded or reach out to us on Twitter at PitcherList at AlexFast8. The show is for you. We want to make it enjoyable for you. But today is not NABS Day. No, it's list day. Yes. And everyone wants to know, Nick. Yeah. Who in your family did Tony Gonsolin hurt? That's I what you do it. I knew. I knew you'd do it. I'm unbelievable. Before this cast started, I said, you can do anything you want, but you can't, you can't go at me about Tony Gonsolin because I've already heard enough of it today. I, my, you are my boss, but I my other boss is also not, the people. It's also okay, the people, okay. Nick. All right, fast. And All I right. gotta get the people want to know. But I said that I would say I would say I would do. But we're gonna we're gonna get to that later. And okay. before we do, fast is gonna turn down the gain on his mic because he is clipping so much. Uh, he's like it's gain is all the way up from last week when he was doing nabs. Now it's and down. oh man, wow! Now like you're so welcome, everybody. You're yeah, you're. I was waiting for a pause to say that before, but then he kept going to the whole nabs thing, and then it was crazy. But yeah, now now we sound great. Great. We're learning. We're getting older. We're getting wiser. <laughs> we're gonna jump into the list because we gotta we gotta you know I, I I I scroll down the list and at the top I really like what I see because there's a lot of green. There's a lot of positivity. That's well, yeah, because of negativity thing. though, you realize that right. Well, the negativity happens a little bit later when we get around to the late 80s. We start to see a little bit more negative, but really all the way up until the 50s, we're talking some real prime positivity here. No, we're going to start no, fast. What? No, what? It's, it's because Max Scherzer is hurt. It's because Freddie Peralta is hurt. Why it's because Mike that? Clevenger is hurt. It's because of negativity. Look, this is a zero sum game. Yeah. You can't get your green without there being some red. Okay, the old it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah the know, old saying, you can't get your green without a little bit of red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the famous line from On the Waterfront. <laughs> Is that um, the same guy who said, Desire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a real throwback. Um, yeah, obviously some tough news. The most recent, of course, was uh, was Freddie Peralta. Peralta. Morning, yeah. Uh, but uh, like we said, with every with every you know with every green comes some red, but with every red comes some green because then there are some positive silver linings for guys like Aaron Ashby, guys like Mackenzie Gore, whatever it is that pitches in. Oh, I was getting Max Scherzer isn't a national anymore. I was going to make a joke about the national. Wow, He's, well, who's going to fill that last David spot for Peterson. the uh, David Peterson? David Peterson. Right, David He's Peterson. going tonight, okay. I think, and I don't want to start him, but we'll yes. See. 
Um, all right. So with that said, let's jump in. We're going to start with the, the positivity before things get a little bit more negative a little bit later on. And that is with tier one, which is still mm. just three pitchers. I believe the same from last week in terms of there were three pitchers, but Scherzer's now gone. Uh, so there's a new pitcher in tier one. It's Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Kevin Galsman. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's called Homer Margin Ned because we all miss Maud. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's like a deep. That's not really a deep cut. That's like something that anyone under 28 is going to be like, what is he talking about? Like, what, is he, what does he mean? And maybe anyone under 30. Like, what does he mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's a Simpsons joke. Um, and it's just we miss Max Scherzer. There used to be four and now it's three. You know? Is Kevin the is Kevin Ned? Yeah, absolutely. We yeah, know that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you, you uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Max Scherzer was in this spot, right? He was, yeah, he was in one. three. He was at number three. So what, I mean, this was kind of important, right? You decided to bump Gaussman into that tier. It's not that he just moved up. He moved into tier one. He's had the aces going to ace label for quite some time now, but what made you put him into that, that first? Well, tier? I mean, he was there last week uh, and it's I it insane. Was three last week. I was four. It was four. Oh, my, my uh, fault. But I, uh, but Gaussman, I, uh, Elite strike rate on both his four-seamer and his splitter. It's pretty nuts. He has a 80% uh, strike rate on the four-seamer. Only Zach Wheeler has a higher one, uh, which is also... Zach Wheeler's four-seamer is... Un- oh, my God. It, it, what he does with his fastballs is no one's doing that. And he's... Yes, he's going to likely get the AGA label tonight. All right? I think he's like four innings so far of dominance. Anyway, this isn't about Wheeler. I think I'm just going to make... I'm going to talk about Wheeler in every single Wheeler now. Passed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think many would be opposed. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Gaussman, even though he didn't have his great start, a best start recently, um, even when it's not great, it's still good. You know, he doesn't strike a disaster. So Kevin Gaussman, you should feel pretty good about it. All right. Moving into tier two, because there's not many to talk about in tier one, we have Brandon Woodruff still right up at the top. Walker Bueller, Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, Justin Verlander, Shane McClanahan, Lucas Giolito, Alec Manoa and Max Freed. What's it called and why is it called that? I uh, I'm gonna say it's the convertible because you know there's something better than this, but if you rolled up in high school with a convertible, you think this is pretty dang cool. Okay. So I feel like the theme that I have each week is uh, how is Brandon Woodruff still where he ah! is? And the answer is always, well, who should be ahead of him? Last and was- what has Woodruff done to deserve not being for? Because he's looked better in his last two starts now. He he has looked better after that five earned run outing against uh, the Reds. He goes, you know, five innings uh, with one earned run, two walks and six Ks against Miami. And then finally gets a quality start. His first quality start in a month. Right. Uh, uh, swing strike rate up to 15% on the four seamer as well. Uh, yep. He's doing good things. Uh, yeah, it's not necessarily the overwhelming one yet, but I couldn't pull him down after this one. So talk to me. The, the one person that I obviously it'd be difficult to make a case for Walker Bueller with some of the struggles that he's been having and, and the the uh, the difficulties, we should say, with that four seamer, which is a little bit alarming, which I want to go on a little bit of a tirade about in a second, because I think it's kind of interesting for people to hear. But the person I think you could make a case for is a guy who has 
and a hundred percent quality start rating right now. Every mm. single start he made this year has been a quality start. He leads the league in quality starts, and that's Joe before... Musgrove. Ah, interesting. Oh, I thought, I thought it was going to be Justin Verlander. I was going to ask you who has him in, in the legacy league, but I guess not me. I uh, because it's Justin. Verlander. I have Justin Verlander, and yeah, we're going to talk about him and, and about Alec him. Manoa. <laughs> I mean, Joe Musgrove, uh, his slider is phenomenal. And as long as that slider is doing good things, last start had about a 45% CSW. And as long as that is his number one pitch, which it has been, which is really cool to see. Yeah, Joe Musgrove is going to be competitive in every start that he's in. The Padres have had, or at least Musgrove has had an easier schedule the most along the way too. But it's hard to push back against Joe Musgrove at this point. So you could see a world in which Musgrove is ahead of Woodruff, maybe at number four. I can see it. Uh, I think, you know, when it comes to the top 10 and top 15, you have to take into account history and track record. Sure. Uh, more so than I think other other spots on the list. And Musgrove, yeah, he had a great season last year. He did have some turmoil, though. And while it's coming out of the gate, great. You know, we have to understand that Bueller and Woodruff have done this for a very long time. And honestly, I mean, there aren't so many signs of disaster to, for me to say I'm going to ignore all that history yet. Yeah. Um, Can can I go on this little tirade real quick? Do you mind? Always. One of the things that really, you know, one of the things that you and I talk about a lot when we do the talking pitching episodes is like one of our favorite things is how we're constantly proved that we don't know anything. Right. You know, you and I are so ingrained in the data and we're looking at the pitcher list um, player pages all the time, which you guys should be. If you're not, we're looking at fan graphs. We're looking at baseball savant. We're trying to figure out what makes a pitcher tick, what makes him successful, what makes him not successful. And one of the things that I recently learned that I thought was really interesting was the relationship between a four seam and a cutter and what can happen when a pitcher starts to learn a cutter and the relationship that that can have with a four seam. Mm. The reason that came up was because of the guy who is at number five right now in Walker Bueller, whose cutter has been absolutely fantastic to start the year and whose four seam, which used to be his bread and butter, has been really, really poor. Um, this is something that we also noticed with a guy like Jamison Tyone, who had a lot of success with a four-seamer last year. He decided he was going to elevate it more than ever. This year, he decides to throw it a little bit more into righties, and he doesn't have as much success with it. And as a matter of fact, we actually see it with Yankees across the board. We see increased cutter usage from uh, Nestor Cortez. We see increased quarter, cutter usage from Luis Severino. I already mentioned Jamison Tyone. And we see increased cutter usage from a guy like Garrett Cole. Now, theoretically, the reason why those other guys are throwing that cutter a little bit more is because Garrett Cole is the leader of that team and they're interested in playing with that uh, that cutter. But it is important to note, and Nick, you can probably go into this a little bit more than I can, the similarities, but a cutter is a fastball for a reason. When you're throwing a cutter, it's not too dissimilar from throwing a four-seamer. You're just changing the spin axis of the pitch a little bit. One of the other things that I've noticed, which I think is really interesting, that this happened with Bueller, this happened with Tyone, as they start to throw that cutter more, they shift more towards the first base side, which makes sense. They want to be able to have that cut action against from uh, against riders, right-handed hitters. They want it to be able to get away from the bear of the bat a little bit more but again the success of that pitch could theoretically be coming at the uh what's the word i'm looking for as a result of the poor results that we're seeing with the four seamer right you're getting good results in the cutter as a result of the four seamer so um what i'm thinking is somebody wants a second fswa for himself um third this would be my third thank you oh your third yeah of course yeah, yeah. you know i i i i kid you guys not i texted or during the twitch stream you probably didn't see it. you're gonna hate me for this fast 
Hmm. I I really am adamant about a new stat or something or something like that. And I told Twitch chat about it. Just I was like, I don't care. Just someone make this because I know that I'm not going to take the time to do this. I even texted Alex Chamberlain and just set, sent it to him as like, here's your FSWA award. Here you go. This is the stat. This is what it is. You're gonna use this. It's gonna be amazing. Um, I'll save it for Twitch. If you wanna, if you wanna know what that stat is, go watch the broadcast of the list around maybe the hour mark or so. I uh, but I uh, yeah, I want to. I want to see more about this. I mean, I, I think it is certainly interesting because when you're throwing a slider versus cutter, I remember talking to Gallon. He was saying I throw a slider, but I would normally wrap my arm too far around of it in my head, so I had to think of it as a cutter because when you throw a cutter. You're supposed to just change the grip and throw it like a four seamer and rely on the fact that you are not completely behind the bulge of the ball yeah. as you release. Because you're not behind the bulge of the ball, you're naturally going to fall off to the side on release. And that's what creates a lot of the axis that you're talking about with the cutter. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something to really think about. If you have a baseball in your hand, think of like where that bulge is at the top and being off center of that, but still trying to throw it straight. Uh, that's what's going to create that. So it could mess guys up. It could mean, you know, you're adjusting so much for that that it's, uh, you know, affecting how the four-seamer comes out of your hand. Bueller has thrown uh, about 11% more or 11 ticks or points more. I uh, cut her from 16% to 27% this year. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is part of the reason why the four-seamer isn't performing as we wanted to, just a 7% swing strike rate. I will say the last start from, from Walker Bueller did include more whiffs finally um six over 26 which doesn't sound like a ton but actually that is over 20 percent swing strike that's 24 percent. so that's cool <laughs> yeah. uh and maybe maybe there is something that he did adjust in that last start that is more beneficial for him in the long term but it's always weird talking about this because there's at some point i need to just kind of sit back and say well he has a 2819 array <laughs> You know, like last year we even talked about Walker Bueller not being so great. And what do you have with two, four, seven ERA, I believe it was. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I can keep talking about the doom and gloom of Walker Bueller, but he's failed to have an ERA above three in a long time. Totally. And, and um, so there's something to that. I mean, the whip obviously being a 123 and the the hipper nine being close to nine strike every going down to 20%. Obviously, those are major signs. And that's all it is. He can't be at five because he's not doing enough there. He's only helping you one thing. Or two, I guess, with wins. But you got to think that those come back too a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm not quite ready to give up on Bueller, but it is very interesting about the cutter stuff. And I'm super curious to read that article when you read it. Yeah. And to be clear, I'm, I'm not out on Bueller either. I just think it's the, the reason I bring it up is because the interrelatedness of an arsenal is, arsenal is something that's always a fascination to me, right? Because oh, yeah. You compartmentalize a lot. His fastball is doing this, his changeup is doing this, his curveball is doing this. And sometimes it can be as a result of one of those other pitches where you see, you know, different results. Uh, the last guy that I wanted to hit on a little bit before we move on to the next tier, because we spent a good amount of time in this one, is Justin Verlander. I mean, unbelievable start if you drafted him right now considering he was about the 100th pick off the board and about the 29th pitcher off the board you, you don't even need you weren't even ex- you didn't need to get first round value and you are getting no. first round value yeah I mean, you're, it's you're like you like can just get hitters at the beginning of your draft and then and now you can go. be maybe number one in the legacy league right now i don't know <laughs> Now, I don't want to, like, I, I at the beginning of the year, I was worried because the four-seamer lost a little bit of the rise, and I thought it was going to impact his other pitchers. It pitches. It has not. 199 Woba on the fastball is absolutely insane. He is getting the lowest swinging strike rate on the pitch since 2014, but it's tough to argue with the batted ball results. The things that stick out for Verlander, 
195 BABIP, 7.4% home run to fly ball. Those are two of the biggest components to the hotel, the Holy Trinity equating luck. Ah, Uh, I haven't had that in a while. Um, Obviously, it's like if he starts to perform worse, what he just turns into the 279 FIP pitcher that he is. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about Justin. Okay, so I I generally don't enjoy that conversation just because uh, the 279 FIP, like whenever a guy starts doing worse, it compounds. It's it's mm. never just like, oh, let's just add another home run or two, and there you go. It's fixed. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I I, I think entering the season, uh, you know, we imagined like a 3-5 upper threes maybe for Berlin because we really didn't know what would happen with the Tommy John and all. Um, and it, it's been great. I wouldn't expect him to be a 2-5 ERA guy the rest of the way. I, I, I just don't necessarily believe that he has the same slider that he used to, and that's okay. Uh, he's leaving it a little higher up. He doesn't have the same feel for it. He doesn't have quite the same movement. I mean, keep in mind, the old slider was like a 25% swing strike rate. It's a 18% now. There is a mm-hmm. difference here. Uh, and, and the fastball is good, but it also isn't going to hold a 143 bab of the rest of the way. I mean, you were talking about the whole hotel, right? The 96% left on base rate. Okay, buddy. Uh, 197 Babbitt, as you mentioned. And it's the X average we're seeing is uh, 245 as opposed to 146 uh, for Berliner thus far. So a ton of hard contact, 38% on the four-seamer is, wait, hold on. That should be a little bit uh, worse for Berliner, and it isn't. So I do think there is some regression coming, and obviously so, but how much is the question? I don't know. I mean, the fact that he's getting a 26% K rate, I think we should all be really happy with that. There was a, yeah. there was an idea that maybe he was going to be a low twenties even we didn't you know I didn't expect that but there was a, in the outcome or the possible outcomes that could happen for Berlander and yeah he still gained some strikeouts he's still doing his thing uh and you should be generally just happy with Berlander he is not the worst sell high uh you know so I That's think a- I saw a, I thought I, thought I saw a comment on the site saying that Verlander was, you know, the number one guy in Vegas for the Cy Young. Like, how could you possibly keep him outside the top 10 or something like that? And I said, because he has a lot of regression coming, and I don't care about what the Vegas odds also, are. Yeah, if we you let know? the Vegas odds dictate yeah. what about. <laughs> we should just, I should just do the list of Vegas odds. Um, but I, not to mention the AL is different than the NL. I don't know. Uh, NL has a lot more better pitchers. Anyway, um, yeah, he would be a prime sell high to me. It's just about what you're getting back. And generally, I say, just look, get a first-round hitter. <laughs> just try and see what you can do. Someone who uh, sees Verlander goes, oh, man, there's an ace now. Yeah, that's it, done. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I I will say that inside of this, uh, I have him above like Shane McClanahan, Lucas Giolito, Alec Manoa, Max Fried. The reason I'm saying sell high for Verlander is because as of right now, his numbers are better than eight. <laughs> his numbers are like, third you know yeah uh and while you know i'm saying like hey i think he's going to regress i'm still going to say also there is a chance that he's just doesn't as much as what i'm suggesting too and i always need to wait that in as well yep. so but yeah, yeah feel free to sell verlander and see what you can get all right i want to move on to the next tier because i feel like i've been doing a poor job of getting us to the back end tiers where we should be talking mm. a little bit more about some guys so let's move on to tier three it's a large tier pablo lopez sandy alcantara zach wheeler chris bassett robbie ray aaron nola dylan cease frankie montas julio urias zach gallon shane bieber shohei otani what's it called why is it called that man i i, I want to call it like that 
terrible app that is, um, what does he look like in five years? You know, and that's just, you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you take a photo of yourself and like, yeah, yeah, oh, they like, are, you know. You. Yeah, well, that's kind of what tier three is. Like all of these guys I think should be aces going to ace pitchers. Mm. Um, and I think like, oh, yes, give them some time. They will be future aces. Ta-da. Um, and sometimes, you know, you say, how do they look in five years? And it's actually how people apparently think you look like fast. Uh, but because <laughs> you're wow. 39 plus. Wow. Because I'm 40,000 years old. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And I'm just ripping I can't you. believe um, I'm the portrait version of Dorian Gray. I'm not even like the young person. I'm like the old wrinkled <laughs> portrait under the basement stairs. Whatever. Someone says, like, I'm willing to bet that Nick is between 28 to 32. I was like, that sounds great. God I think bless. it's the Henley. Um, okay. <laughs> I think it's the buttons uh, on the Henley. Yeah, there it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, this tier is filled with this. It's kind of weird. Pablo Lopez, Alcantara, and Wheeler. Like, Alcantara and Wheeler are probably going to be in the next tier about Pablo next week. Uh, I, I'm willing to wager that one. Well, I was going to say, so Cindy Alcantara, I mean... I know. Dominant start, nine innings pitch, no one runs, three runs total. I, I, I was kind of surprised they let him into I was, the ninth. I was accused I it was a fake Sandy stand today. Wow. Unbelievable. But you want to know the that? end of someone on Twitch, whatever. Everyone could just jump up for Twitch. <laughs> Look, uh, that was the first time that Sandy has had more than uh, six strikeouts the entire year. And that to me is why I'm not quite. I wasn't quite ready to say, aha, there he is. He's made it. Um, because I think if you, uh, like I've watched every single pitch that Sandy has thrown this year. He, I, I think there's no pitcher I enjoy watching more than Sandy Alcantara. I kid you yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but I recognize that, yeah, his slider isn't always put exactly where he wants to. I, I recognize this change of just gets away from him a decent amount, right? He has these moments of volatility that prevent him from, from, you know, ceiling to deal offs like, like he could if he if he got that command rhythm going like he did in August last year that's what you get you get like eight innings of 12 strikeouts and one hit like sure. it's insane yeah and I'm waiting for that a little bit because it's very possible that he can replicate the 5.2 innings of five run runs and four walks like he did against Seattle like I've watched these last four games and it's against the Padres who are bad against righties it's against the Diamondbacks who are bad against life there are the nationals who are <laughs> bad against a lot of teams and the, then atlanta is a bad against right-handers you know and that has allowed him to uh to do this while the manor is like hey we're actually a good team look at us haha and they made him pay you know mm. so i am a little hesitant that he hasn't quite unlocked it yet i'm, I'm not 100 positive on the stat but i'm 99.9 percent positive one <laughs> of these pitchers amongst qualified pitchers has the largest differentiation between ERA and WOBA between the first and third time through the order. Dominant in the first time through the order, an absolute train wreck the third time through the order. Again, I'm not positive, but I would be very surprised if someone was worse, at least by ERA standards, uh, in terms of the uh, first and third time through. Who do you think it is? I'm trying to imagine. Uh, is, you're saying inside this tier? Inside of this tier. So for those yeah, yeah, yeah. who need a recount, it's Lopez, Alcantara, Wheeler, yeah. Bassett, Ray, Aranola, Dylan Cease, Frankie Montas, Julio Urias, Gallon, Bieber, and Otani. I'm going to say it's Robbie Ray. It is Aaron Nola. Oh, that's the other one. 
let me I let mean, me let me I, just, I just feel like the luck of Aaron Nola is just the worst thing ever. Can we just mm, so it's, I don't know if it's luck. So he's this so is cursed. the ERA for only Aaron third. Nola would have yeah. will leave a game at seven one up and have the Mets score seven in the ninth to not get a win. I yeah, I mean it happened to Brady Singer two days ago too, except I think it was six to one. Um actually might no, it was six to one. Uh first time through the order. This is first, second, third in ERA, 0. 0.82, 4.19, 9.82, third time through the order. And here's Woba, okay? 213 for Aaronola, first time through the order, up to 327, up to 414. It's not just luck. He's getting hit a lot harder and it's over 10 innings each. It's 11 innings sample size for third time through the order, 19 innings sample size, second time through the order. Even that difference. Yeah. 11 is not a lot, but 22 and 19 first and second time through the order to go from a 082 ERA to a 419 and a 213 Woba to a 319 is in 11 innings is I'm assuming 19 innings, like, 19 innings and 19 innings is what? Like a, like six earned runs, seven earned runs. Aiden runs. <laughs> We're gonna keep going. <laughs> Nine, ten, eleven. Uh, yeah, it's alarming. Uh, the woba change is alarming. Yeah, whatever. I, I, I'm not, I'm not doing that. If anything you want to say is maybe the, uh, the. I'm curious how many of those are stranded runners. Um, I'm also curious, I, uh, how much, why you hate Aaron Nola so much. Um, but uh, <laughs> the cutter was five percent usage this year. He started throwing a cutter to try and get more strikes, which makes all the sense in the world because he has a four seamer and a curveball and a, a changeup. I mean, obviously a sinker too, but like that middle pitch to say, hey, I need a strike right now that isn't the big velocity gap that the curveball is, and it's not the changeup. Like, okay, cutter, come on in. Hi, what's up? It's okay. That's all right. And and mm. I don't know. Aaron Nola kind of he's still really good. <laughs> I, I can't, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Like you're going to have him on your team and sure. He's probably not going to be a two, four ERA guy, but just, just play the spin the wheel enough. And this is going to be fine. All right. Let's move on to tier four. Logan Webb, Luis Severino, you Darvish, Jose Barrios, Luis Castillo, Kyle Wright, Nathan Ivaldi. What is it called? And why is it called that? Oh man, I need to try and come up with different, um, different things. I always want to go to food. That's always like my instinct. Is you got, you got to go to food. But no, I'm gonna call the the pennies, the pennies because the pennies because there's a part of you that just wants to throw away your pennies. But no, you should stick with it because if you stick with it long enough with your pennies, they'll turn into dollars. All right. That, that's not bad. Now, th- there's a few guys that I want to get into on this tier, but I I, I want to jump to the end of the tier. Did you raise Nathan Ivaldi for every home run that he gave up in the start before his? No, last it start? was it was for every splitter whiff that he had in his last start. Ah, very nice. So I want you to talk a little bit about Ivaldi. You had a great breakdown about that hellacious inning where he gave up mm. five home runs two starts ago, but he bounces back. He saw the video and he said, I'm going to prove, <laughs> you know, I'm going to show Nick what's going on with six and two thirds, uh, you two know, runs, four hits, one walk, 11 Ks against the Mariners. You know what my favorite part of those videos are? Mm-hmm. Um, it's when I sit in my chair in my cushy apartment or whatever you want to say. Yeah. And I yell at them like, why did you throw that pitch? Yeah, you know, like, like, oh my god, like my, my frustration. Of, Why would you throw him a fastball there? You should throw him this. And you know, I think that Yavaldi understood. Okay, good. <laughs> I think he took it to heart. No, I mean, look, you allow five home runs in one inning, it's insane. Like that just doesn't happen. I uh, and whatever. 
anyone that wanted to judge Evaldi after that one, you just come on. You can't, you can't mm. do that stuff. And Evaldi went out and did great things. It's like, yeah, that's that's more of what Evaldi is. And I yeah. felt that Evaldi is a dependable arm. And that that's really that. I think in tier five, you're starting to see that from a lot of those guys. But the fact that the track record again from last year of Evaldi being kind of just more of the same. Cool. You get it. Thumbs up. Tier four. Nathan Evaldi. Okay, so there's another uh, the other guy that I wanted to hit on a little bit in this tier is a guy who seems to have made some arsenal changes, uh, at least in the past year, hadn't really had a large enough sample size since 2019 due to injury, but that's Luis Severino. He's a different pitcher this year. He's a four seam changeup guy. He's really dropped that slider usage down to about 15%. He introduced that new cutter that maybe he threw once or twice in 2021, but now we're seeing it about 11% of the time this year. How are you feeling about this new Luis Severino? Uh, how I'm feeling is that yesterday it was fastball slider, mm-hmm. and he went 8 for 27. Whiffs on that bad boy! Yep. It was, it was good. It was good. Yep is right. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I think the start that I'm still chasing, which still blows my mind, like, you know, there were those games, I'm sure you have some that you watched and you just go, what? Like this guy who does these things did this very strange array of stuff and it was mm. amazing. And then never again, just disappears. Please act versus the Reds. Oh yeah. What did he do? What was that? Oh, just remember, I just remember that start and being like, oh my God, like this is it. Like he he's an ace and then never was able to repeat oh, like, the success okay. that he had. Right. Uh, in this one, so Luis Severin, this is the second start back. This was against Toronto on April 14th, all right? And and, and Severino comes out there with, you know, 97.4 mile per hour velocity, like cruising it. Right now it's about 96. He was chucking that rock, okay? Mm. He's got change up. <laughs> He's got change up. He's, he was mashing that in there. Six whiffs on it, over 25. Like, mm, I got that change up. It's beautiful. Mm. And then... And then here's the crazy part. He's throwing a 91 to 94 mile per hour cutter, like a legitimately mm. hard load mid 90s cutter that is yep. messing guys up. Then he's throwing this breaking ball between about 87 and 90. That is a legitimate slider. And that's kind of messing them up. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he throws this 83 to 85 mile per hour breaking ball. And he's throwing legitimately out of nowhere. I consider Severino for ages. Four seamer, change up, slider, three distinct bands in different movements of breaking balls. Like two like cutter, slider, and curveball, right? Mm. And I'm just watching this going, this is against the, the Jays. Like we've called this like the best offense out there. And he goes five shutout innings with six strikeouts, right? And I'm just like, this is incredible. I have not seen that since. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I and I, I love the fact that at least the slider came back recently. I, and I really do feel the velocity of Severino is amazing. I, I think that he has a very strong four seamer. And I, I believe strongly that on a given night, the changeup and or slider slash cutter are going to do enough mm-hmm. for him. You know, um, I, I really just think that he is such a great weapon in the four seamer that creates that foundation. And that's just what we would yep. want. And seeing the slider return yesterday makes me go, oh man, okay, yeah. this is the uh, this could be something that I'm going to be monitoring now moving forward because he didn't get a single whiff on that changeup last night, zero for twenty one. He did mm-hmm. get some outs. He did it, did it was okay, 
but he had lots of hits on it, floated up, you know, like the slider really saved the day. Um, and that made it work against uh, against the White Sox. So monitor this uh, and hopefully he can become, I mean, look, if it's just fastball slider, that's amazing. And then having the change up to get strikes, great, cool. Um, but yeah, I want that, I want that three band of breaking stuff. Oh, it was, it was so beautiful. And at 97.4. Oh, yeah, I want it. Yeah. It was a really good start. Uh, listen, we got plenty of other tiers to get to, but before we do, we're actually going to take a quick break. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show and we're back. We're looking at Tier 5 here. Eric Lauer, Nestor Cortez Jr., Joe Ryan, Patrick Sandoval, Tarek Skubel, Take My Shins, Charlie Morton, and Sean <laughs> Manaya. What's it called? Why is it called that? Ooh, right. I got to do names. Um, This, uh, this is a color-coded bookshelf because you just want to stand back and look at it all the time. Well, that's nice. My least favorite kind of bookshelf, though. Um, what? What? That's your I, bookshelf. I know it wasn't my choice to make it that way. I hate oh, it. Uh, all right. Really? So, quick question for you, Nick. One of these pitchers, one of these seven pitchers. So, yeah. Eric Lauer, Nestor Cortez, Joe Ryan, Patrick Sandoval, Tarek Skubal, Charlie Morton, Sean Manaya. I have a feeling. The best yeah. swinging strike rate on his four seamer. Four-seamer oh yeah, that's Eric Lauer. It's twenty percent. Eric Lauer. I looked it up during the thing today. I'm obsessed with this. I'm so happy. Now. If you want to hear the answer to that question, and if Nick is right, because <laughs> he might not be right, Joe Ryan might be the answer. No, it's not. <laughs> if you, Nick, if you want to hear the answer to that question, you can right. find out during NABS tomorrow. But it's, it's all. But it's that's Eric Lauer. It's all about Nick. It's, it's Eric. Shut up! <laughs> shut up, Nick! Shut up! All right. But no, guys, it's Nestor Cortez. I just wanted to mess around with fast. Now everyone's going to be so surprised when they find out that that Charlie Morton. Um, I find out <laughs> tomorrow morning during the, during Nabs. Um, the the tomorrow person night, I want to talk about tomorrow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Maybe tomorrow. Well, tonight, uh, tonight you're listening to this. Wait, if you're listening it's to tonight, this. come on, tune in. It's we'll tonight. see what it is. Yeah, the, I can understand why you want to call it the 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 colored bookshop because there are so many fun names to talk about. Eric Lauer, right. Cortez, Ryan. I mean, there's so many distinct things that we could talk about. But there, there, you know, there's a guy mm, in there's a guy Patrick Sandoval that oh. we haven't really hit on quite as much. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I was like, listen, the changeup is one of the best pitches in baseball, but he can't command any of the other pitches. And while the four seam just has a two percent swinging strike rate right now according to fan graphs there's no denying that he yeah, I got 2.5 yeah yeah it's unbelievable absolutely <laughs> dominant with a 1.79 era a guy whose predominant pitch 
has a 2% or under 3%, whichever way you look at it, swinging strike rate on his <laughs> predominant pitch. How long can this ride last? Is he going to be able to continue proving me wrong, at least, and be able to just continue to fly by with that with that horse? Emer, what do you think? Well, okay. So what I'm thinking is that he's had a wonderful schedule, and when it hasn't been good, like, for example, the left-handed heavy or, or uh, mashing White Sox, three walks, three earned runs and six. He was able to kind of glide past that one and get through it. Uh, some things have gone his way, certainly thus far. And even recently, the changeup hasn't been the overwhelming, oh my Lord, best changeup in baseball. I mean, look, 24% swing strike rate, that's fine. But seeing an 80, a 39% O swing is a little surprising to me after 45% last year. Lower zone rate as well. It's strike rate down to 57%. And if that is really the thing that makes you you have to get more strikes out of that pitch than 57%. It was 63% last year. And that was a major catalyst for his success. So that means the sliders had to do more. And it has done really well. 18% swing strike rate. Uh, 19% called strike rate, which means it has a 37% CSW thus far. That's really good. Near 70% strike rate on it. That honestly has been the bigger deal uh, mm-hmm. for Patrick Sandoval, the Irish Panada thus far. It has, a, it has a sub 100 batting average allowed, which is crazy. Right. So and then you also have this curveball that, again, 34 percent is called strike rate. I say again, because that's pretty much what it did last year, uh, making it a 42 percent CSW. Right. So the, that those are the elements that make Patrick Sandoval. Obviously, the fastball is the biggest concerning part. I don't think that he's going to hold a 179 ERA and you see the 117 whip because he has a 10 percent walk rate. And I think it's really because of that change up that he has that walk rate, less of the fastball. because He's not getting as many strikes with it so far. I hopefully that comes up over time. And if it does, then you're going to see Sandoval maintain a 25%, 27% strikeout rate. The E rate is going to go up regardless of how he performs. And I want to really let people understand that I might be maintaining Patrick Sandoval, maybe be raising him despite the E rate getting worse Mm. because we, you know, I'm, I'm ignoring that 179 right now. You know, it's just about how he performs moving forward. So, yeah, that's uh, just just keep that in mind uh, with Patrick Sandoval. All right. In a sea of rising tides, there is one ship that is sinking, and that's Charlie Morton's as he falls. Help! Uh, he's sinking. He gave up one loud home run to Jorge Soler that is probably still orbiting the earth. But other than that, not a terrible start against the Marlins. Five and a third with three earned runs, one walk and five Ks. Obviously not fantastic either. But why the 11 rank drop? Yeah, right. That seems very startling. Um, I don't think he pitched that poorly against the Marlins to justify necessarily the drop independently. Uh, his four-seamer command, though, not great. Um, just a lot of middle locations. Uh, not to say middle mill, but just middle height-wise, which is the one you want to avoid the most. But I... Uh, yeah, with Charlie Morton, it's more of a, a, a situation where we are still skeptical and wondering when the full turnaround will happen while everyone else is just doing well. You know, it's more of an indication of the landscape shifting as we're getting more confident in Nestor Cortez and in Eric Lauer and in Joe Ryan and Nathan Ivaldi and so on that I felt, okay, I'm not just going to sit here and you know stick to my guns as these guys are doing better. So you drop... Charlie Morton, my assessment of Charlie Morton isn't any different though, mm. right? And that's an, that's a very important thing as you do these is you have to understand that the assessments of the entire landscape change week to week and they keep changing. And 
I just kind of felt like, all right, like all of these guys, Tarek Skubal, how could I sit here and deny Tarek Skubal's ascension yeah. and still say that it's worthwhile to hold on to Charlie Moore? And I couldn't do that. I'm not going to spend more time talking about Tarek Skubal because I feel like I talk about him each week because people know that I really enjoy watching him pitch. Wait, do you man, do? I was- <laughs> I was so upset that he got hit in the shin because yeah, I think man. he was putting together just like another fantastic outing. Yeah. And then it was just fully cut short by that. Um, I want to move on to the next tier here. Just a quick little tiny little mini tier. It's three people. It's Blake Snell, Logan Gilbert, and Michael Kopeck. I want to know what it's called and why it is called that. You know what happens when a ball is, is a comebacker and hits a pitcher like that taking down their game? It's called a shin dig. All right. I This tier. I don't get it. It's it's a dig, as in like an insult to the shin of a pitcher. Oh, okay, um, okay, all right. Yeah, it's a good one. Mom, it's really, I, I want to go should, home. I should have saved it for the roundup because I can't hear anyone's groans. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is this tier? I actually already came up with the messaging inside of the list. I, I'm calling it the bridge uh, of the void, mm-hmm. and the way I see it is, I made this very small mini tier here. Because all three of these guys, Snell, Gilbert, and Kopech, could be walking toward the door of the light, right? Walking towards uh, yes. the the wonderful land of you know tier five and tier four and saying, welcome, you are just wonderful. Or they could be falling down into, hey, I thought it's tier 10 over here. Oh my gosh, I don't <laughs> like that guy. That guy sucks. <laughs> you know it's all grimy and just desolate and like oh no and so all three of these guys have shown positive signs that make me think that they are closer to the to the light you know that's why they're on this side of the tier seven but they're you know we know that they can all fade away now you raise um nathan Ivaldi for five whiffs on the splitter why didn't you raise logan gilbert seven for getting seven whiffs on the slider uh it was like and i know no, no, no. it wasn't five whiffs Uh-oh. you were you, you that's your five home run thing i was saying i'm raising him for uh for how many whip like doubled it sorry he had like 12 whiffs on what? the splitter oh okay. you said, i thought you said five okay yeah no no i i get what you were doing now i didn't realize that i had moved him five spots and he did for every home run yeah, I understand. That was very clever, fast. Thank you. Thank I didn't you. realize your your yeah your ability. It's all okay. off the noodle. Let's get back to Logan Gilbert. He gets <laughs> seven whiffs on the slider that had to play at least some part in the. I watched game. every slider he threw, and a lot. That's thirty two. Yeah, I did, and I watched all of them. And to get seven out of them means that there are a lot that weren't nearly as good. Uh, and I, Logan Gilbert's slider is not the same cut one that we saw earlier on you know that little small little guy maybe it was the the red sox camera angle that made it seem like there was more horizontal bend but it did feel like there was a little bit in this one Mm. um i'm not sold that it's like this big whiff pitch now it was a good seven whiff star he threw some that were in a good location that did not get any bites and makes me think that it's not as great as we want it to be Okay. And I think we're kind of still in the same spot of, hey, Logan Gilbert, what's up? Are you going to, you know, blossom? Mm. You know, I feel like it's a it's a groundhog not coming out of its bud, you know, I'm combining budding. Buds? Yeah, I'm just imagining a little mini groundhog inside of a flower bud being like, I don't want to blossom. <laughs> and then it you goes back take, in. You got to take more science classes, dude. What's going on here? 
Can I combine two things? Yes, yeah, you can, sorry. Nick. Thank you, Fast. All right, all right, go ahead. All right. So, so that's, I don't know what that's going to happen with Gilbert. I mean, as for Kopech, by the way, you know, he threw 97.4 yesterday. Average so this and tossed 100. This is the person I was going to talk to you about next, Michael Kopech. The the, the, uh, the worries about the velocity uh, seem to be assuaged because I think, as you said, he threw like 40 pitches the inning before his velocity dropped. He becomes a papa. He returns from the paternity list. And what does he do? He shoves. He shoves real well. Mm. He doesn't have a single pitch that he's thrown over 50 times with a WOBA over 210. The highest yeah. WOBA he has on is on his four-seamer, and it's 205. The other pitches in his slider and his curve – both have a a, a sub two hundred woba. They're fantastic. He is, he, you know, you know what, uh, you know what is a major correlation for having a high woba, allowing hits. And Kopech <laughs> has a three point six hit per nine right now. Jeez, Louise, and just real. so you know, the MLB average among the top two hundred pitchers in batters face this year is an eight point seven hit per nine. Eight point okay. seven. He has a three point six. A one six seven Babbitt. That is not going to last. Mm. I so a couple of things. What did you were you aware of the Sunday night baseball yesterday? You know, I yes. mean, I don't, I don't know whatsoever. I, <laughs> uh, I mean, they may have just mentioned you on it. I don't know. Thank you, David yes. Cohen. You are amazing, and you gave props amazing. to Alex Fast as you should have. But awesome. Uh, you should watch it. It's a great clip, Alex. I'm so proud of you. Um, the I <laughs> uh, Kopech yesterday. I think the whole White Sox. First of all, I think it's kind of awesome that they just went and demolished the Yankees after everything that happened on Saturday. And I think, yeah, it's it was so pretty freaking, I think it's so great. It so great. Especially with a late home run from Tim Anderson. Yeah, but I have, I have, oh, mm, so good. And I'm, yeah. Anyway, I, Kopech, I have to think, was amped by it too. And I hate that we have that context aside, uh, assigned to it. Because hmm. it gives some haze to how legitimate a 2.5 tick increase in the velocity is. One thing I did like a lot, too, was that he threw his breakers for strikes. I mean, hmm. I think it was a 76 strike rate between his slider and his curveball. And, oh, boy, does that make me happy as both of them in a sub 60%. And the reason, uh, look, I've been talking about strike rate all year. This is what I do now. And I think it's so important to understand the... You know, the process of an at-bat, if you're able to throw those breaking balls for strikes and get deeper into counts in a good way, then it just makes your fastball better. It makes it so that they can't just wait for a heater and sit on it. You keep them honest, get that free real estate, all of it. Um, so Kopech looked as good as you'll see him the entire year. Hit 100 on the gun mm. after I was worried, like, is he just going to be a 94-95 guy that just isn't intimidating anymore? Yeah, it was glorious. But I don't know. Is it going to stick? I I hope so. Uh, I want to move on to the next tier here because there's some other interesting yeah, yeah. like to talk about, including uh, the largest riser in the tier that we're going to get to in, in the list so far. Excuse me, that we're going to get to momentarily. So this is tier seven: Framber Valdez, Alex Cobb, Trevor Rogers, Tristan McKenzie, Sonny Gray, and George Kirby. What's it called? Why is it called that? Oh man, um, the Danglers. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> I could Why? see them like on the cliff holding on. I uh, because the cliff is coming, the cliff is coming, and oh man, that is maybe the cringiest thing I've ever done on the on the. On the <laughs> well, I, I I think there's more. <laughs> oh, that's a good or bad thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, they are holding on to the edge, hoping not to fall off, and okay. all these guys are doing that. Framber Valdez is at the top of it. Yeah, because I think that you know I've been I've been putting him in that bastion tier, the last bastion of stability, right? Um, and 
Framber Valdez has just kind of been great. Mm. And I I kind I couldn't leave him down there. It was either I put him in tier nine or I put him above tier seven. Or, or and I decided I think there's a lot of question marks here. And I don't think anybody is giving up on Framber Valdez. Now, I'm gonna be the first person to tell you I do not expect a whip under 110 from Framber mm. Valdez. I do not expect a 26% strikeout rate from Framber Valdez. However, I think you're getting a ton of innings. I think you get a lot of chances at wins. I think you're going to have a stellar ERA. And it kind of is a good you know, flag or a fence post, whatever you want to say of just, okay, the stability stuff, the other like boring ones that you're going to think more about are later on. But here's yeah. one to really think, yeah, the ones behind this, in the side of the steer, Tristan McKenzie, Sonny Gray, Trevor Rogers, Alex Cobb, George Kirby are not locks. No. And that is why I had to put Framber Valdez above them. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, uh, just to continue to echo your point, right? You see that 0.19 home run per nine right now with the 8.3 home run to fly ball rate. And you're like, all right, there's literally no way that that's going to be something that's sustainable for him. But I don't think that's all of a sudden something that's going to completely plummet. This is a guy who's never had or hasn't had a uh, home run per nine over one since 2019. And he's been pretty good at limiting the hard ball and the sample size that he has. So listen, does he fall to to what his FIP is, which is a 312 FIP? sure is that great yeah i'll take that from framber valdez all day long uh the curveball is still one of the best curveballs in baseball i'd like you to talk a minute before we move on to the next tier to all those people who are just terrified about trevor rogers and yeah, do not sure. know what to do with him because for a second they got that milwaukee start with one earned run five and a third no walks and eight k's and they were like we did it, y'all. We weathered the storm, and then he comes up against Atlanta, and he just falls right back down to earth with three home runs. What are you doing here? So I want to tell you right now, Trevor Rogers is still in my top 50 because of his starts this year, of the eight total, only three have been of three and runs or more. Hmm. Five of them have been two runs or fewer. Okay? So it's not as if he's destroying your team as he figures this out. He isn't. Uh, I just don't believe that on a week-to-week basis. You're going to say, Nick, it's a 5-2 ERA and a 1-5-2 whip. Sure. That's because those were just so so disastrous there, but I don't think that that is the story of Trevor Rogers consistently moving forward. Okay? Now, the issue is that his changeup and slider are not nearly what they need to be. <laughs> they just aren't. The, the fastball is actually not a bad pitch right now, but the changeup isn't getting the same amount of whiffs, and the slider isn't getting enough strikes in the zone, and it's just messing him up a little bit. We've seen glimpses of both. And I think over time, Trevor Rogers does find it. When? I don't know. <laughs> I hope it's soon. And if it constantly is just this, there is at a point that he'll just keep going down until it's just, all right, no, thank you. We're done. But if I were a betting man, which I guess I am because I put this thing out, I am wagering that Trevor Rogers is going to figure it out. So okay. good luck. I'm holding where I have him. Uh, the next year, tier eight, Jordan Montgomery, Luis Garcia, Bailey Ober, Noah Syndergaard, Jose Arquiti, John Gray, Tyler Molly, Alex Wood, and Ian Anderson. What is it called, and why is it called that? I have no idea. Um, Tough one. Yeah, I know. I, 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 last week, I think I had, like, a random noun generator just to get, like, topics. <laughs> 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 and it helped a lot, you know? Uh, okay. All right. I'm going to call it the Game of Thrones tier. 
Okay. Because a lot of these felt like such a good idea, but now we're in the final season and we're like, is this good? We oh, don't okay. know. I thought uh, there were just a few guys that you just wanted to die off randomly. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but right. Uh, so, for example, uh, let's say Jose or Kitty, like, is this good? Is it not? I don't know. Tyler Molly, maybe not. Ian Anderson, Alex Wood, so on and so forth. There's a lot mm-hmm. of this, like, I enjoy the show, but I kind of hate it. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. Okay. And, I get that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. The first guy that I want to talk about is a guy who's returning from the IL after a pretty considerable absence. And that's Bailey Ober, who was unranked. He comes in at number 50. It's interesting. You know, Bailey Ober obviously been having a lot of success so far this year. Uh, he had in, in his 92 innings pitch stint last year, uh, a low four ERA. And this year, here we are with a two five five ERA and a 3.26 FIP with 24 and two thirds inning. Sometimes you think, well, what's changed, right? Is there a new pitch? Is he throwing something more? Is he throwing something less? Not necessarily he's dropped the four seamer usage down a little bit but he's still throwing it about 50 percent of the time and he's up the slider usage now when you look at the slider last year this is a pitch that was giving up a a good amount of hard contact it had a 345 woba it still picked up an okay amount of whiffs with a 13 percent swinging strike rate but you wouldn't really think okay up that usage a little bit more to nearly 25 percent and all of a sudden you're going to be a low you know mid two era pitcher the pitch has changed a little bit not necessarily in movement profile but he dropped the active spin on it meaning he's getting a little bit more gyro movement on the pitch maybe it's playing off the four seamer a little bit are there signs here that bailey ober is a pitcher that guys should just sell extremely high on right now are you holding because you think what he's doing is for real we're talking again about bailey Oberizi as uh i was about to ask you do you remember his nickname because Mm -hmm. the reason he's bailey Oberizi is because Odorizzi would always throw four seamers at the top of the zone and just paint it red, right? And Hober did that last year, 72% high lock, that is high location on the four seamer. And this year it's 80%. <laughs> I mean, he's really leaning in on that, and I love it. I, mm-hmm. I think that works a ton, especially with his fastballs. It worked for him last year with it, and it's working again this year. And he came back yesterday from the from the IL and did it again. You know, all I want to do, the only thing I care about when I see Bailey Ober's performance is just show me the the graph the 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 heat map and i want to see red at the top just just show me the red at the top that's all i want to see and this year he has a 15 percent swing strike rate because he's elevating better on that and that's with his four seamer now the compliment that we want is you look wonderful today now the compliment we want for the for that four seamer is uh the slider and we want that to be an effective strike getting pitch i don't need that to be this overwhelming swing strike rate offering it just needs to be something like hey you're sitting on that heater up nope here's a slider ta-da gotcha and that's a 65 percent strike rate sure fine that's good 156 average allowed this year is really nice maybe mm. that gets worse it's a 208 babip this year but honestly when you generally see slider babips uh sometimes it's down there i mean 291 is the league average so i take that back completely i'm actually really shocked my god 291 on the slider okay <laughs> never mind Take that back a lot. That should go up. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can sell high in Bailey Ober if you want. I don't know what you'll get. I, uh, I don't really think that Bailey Ober is treated in this way of, uh, you know, top forty pitcher. You can get really a nice bat or something with him. I think he's one of those like, oh, cool, you have Bailey Ober, like, and nobody is going to ask you about him the entire year. You know, he's a little <laughs> yeah. bit, he's a little boring, but it's okay. Yeah. And maybe hopefully he goes on some run that has everybody talking about him. That'll be nice. 
All right. So another guy who rose considerably in this tier is is John Gray, who jumps up 15. I mean, I wouldn't say it was the most dominant of starts against the Astros. 11 whiffs, 4 Ks, 2 walks. Gets the quality start with two earned runs and six uh, six innings pitched. But here we are, 15, 15 spots he jumps. What are you thinking there? So I, he had two starts in between. Um, so he had the Monday start and the Saturday start. And I didn't really expect much here because it was against the Angels and the Astros, two excellent offenses. And what does John Gray do? He goes eight strikeouts and 5.2 innings against the Angels with the best slider I've seen from him in ages, um, 11 whiffs on 28th round. And then he goes against the the Astros, doesn't have as good of a slider. His fastball command's a little bit worse, but he kind of gets through it and he still has a, a high swing strike rate overall at 12% in that outing. And I'm thinking, oh, wait, now he gets the athletics and now he has some easier starts ahead and he got through his little bit of a gauntlet and he's fully healthy and he still has this really good slider and he's throwing 96 miles per hour on that four seam as opposed to 94 and change. Hmm. I mean, the last two starts, by the way, both at 96 and we were used to seeing about 95, 94.5 before then. Mm-hmm. So. I'm kind of encouraged right now by John Gray, especially if he has that slider. And this is a prime case of, Nick, 5.14 ERA, one three two whip. How could you like this guy? I don't care. Mm. <laughs> I don't care what the ERA and whip numbers are at this moment. It's about where are they at right now? How are they performing with what they have? And what are the signs that would show them being better? And I think John Gray is on the ascension. The FIP would certainly certainly back that up, too. Uh, we're going to move on to Tier 9. Miles 328. Michael 328. Huh? 328. 328, FIP. Yeah. Yeah. Just to it's give nice the, the people. All right. Um, I will mention, uh, I, I need to do this. Negative 13 to Alex Wood, right? Uh, I yeah. need to say it very quickly. Go, go, go. Because the, there's another thing you have to say right after this. Uh, oh, no. I Alex Wood has had a terrible schedule. Like, mm-hmm. it just really, he went to cores. He went against a lefty mashing um, Padres did well in his Rocky Road start and then had the Dodgers. And that's really been the struggles for me. I mean, there was one against the Nationals, fine, but otherwise it's been good. He still throws 92 miles per hour on the on the on his fastball, and his slider is still a 40% O swing pitch with a 48% zone rate and a 15% swing strike rate. Guess what? That's a money pitch, technically. I feel like I need to raise the swing strike rate thing. Um, but I think he does enough. And I, I imagine that over time you'll start to like Alex Wood again. But he had to take a dip because it has been. There hasn't been any exception to the, like the bad matchups um, for him capitalizing at all. So there you go. Ta-da. All right. Now we've, what? We've we've failed in our journey to try and get to the back end of the starters, but that's okay. Uh, uh, just like Sisyphus, who we're going to roll that rock up the hill again next week. Uh, oh, no. Miles, that sounds terrible. This is not hell fast. This is, you know, pleasant. Sisyphus truth. isn't in hell. He didn't help. Uh, what is he, purgatory? What do you want to call that? I think he's in purgatory. I would call that, uh, yeah, he's in help. He's he's internal damnation of pushing a rock up the hill. Like, that is not, that is not a mix of good and bad. No, no, no. That's according to Albert Camus. Sisyphus is happy because he has a purpose in his life. Oh, no. That's the, it's one of my favorite stories in the world. Sisyphus is actually very, very happy. He has a purpose every single day. No, no. Um. No, he's in the underworld. Yeah, he's he's in the yeah. underworld. Yeah, he's um, <laughs> well, all right. We can use that concept of hell. Um, Miles Michaelis, Drew Rasmussen, Jamison Tyone, Marcus Stroman, Adam Wainwright. We're in tier nine. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, it is called Michael. <laughs> it's the Toby tier. Michael? Hi, welcome. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. but you got to say it like that. Yeah, Michael. 
Michael. Okay. You got you got to do that. Is it though? I don't know. It's fine. This is this is your Toby tier. These are the guys like, all right, fine. You're going to keep starting Michaelis. Like if I don't rake them this high, everyone will be upset at me and I get it. Michaelis, Rasmussen, Tyone, Stroman, Wainwright. Like they're all been good. They, they don't really have any signs of not being good. Drew Rasmussen just threw sliders and change and curveballs that were sorry, sliders and cutters that were amazing okay. for the second time this year. I don't know if that's going to stick around again, but he, then you'll go five innings of one and run and like four base runners and two strikeouts. And I'm like, all right, whatever, Rasmussen. Great, you know? Yeah, he was who I was going to pick on because, yeah, it has been inconsistent, but even with the inconsistencies, really not giving up a lot of hits. I mean, he's been but the most hits he's given up a single start is five. Isn't that weird, though? Isn't that just not quite right? It's like a hint know. of Trevor Williams to me. Oh, wow. I don't know about all that. Well, I mean, you know, I but that's what you're like, saying, but he's not that poor. Yeah. No, I don't think uh, that's why I said a hint where it's this feeling of just we all know that he's not destined to be this absurd BABIP suppressor, right? Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. And like be able to know. get through, well, I'll put it this way to go through five innings consistently with like a 17% strikeout rate or whatever. And just allow like one earned run per start or so. You know, that that's what I'm getting at. A 114 BABIP on a cutter is pretty, pretty crazy to see. Yeah. Um, tier 10, Mackenzie Gore, Tony Gonsolin. We're not even going to, that's it. We're not saying his name anymore. <laughs> Christian Javier, Hunter Green, and Aaron Ashby, who will be taking over for Freddie Peralta, I imagine, inside of that rotation. Yep. What is it called yeah. and why is it called that? This is the Wonka bar. Uh, because you might open it and get a golden ticket. Oh, very nice, very, very nice. Um, um we can talk about Gonsolin, that's fine with me. No, I, no, no, I, I you, people should go check out the stream because you talk about him pretty extensively. And what I, I did that way, I did it more on Reddit. Oh, look, Gonsolin, I understand probably like I had him originally around like 40, I think like 49, something like that. I had him up there, and then I realized, wait. I've only liked one start truly from Gonsolin. That was the last one. We finally, finally did the thing with sliders and threw a ton of them for strikes and Mm -hmm. had a 55% CSW with it and recognized that in 2020, when Gonsolin had success, it was because his slider was, was this main strike pitch, but then it opened up the doors for a splitter as well. Right. And he was throwing harder. Now his velocity is down to 93 after being like 95 and then 94 in 2021. Now it's 93. Mm -hmm. And, the slider hadn't been really that consistent. I very much felt like this wasn't really a thing that I should trust before this. All of a sudden, now he does a thing with the sliders, has a fantastic start. And I didn't want to do one of those big yo-yo moves of pushing him up after one outing and then pushing him back down after. So yeah. I said, you know what? I'm just going to stick him here. And Mackenzie Gore, we all like Mackenzie Gore. We're all going to start him now. He gets the Pirates next. So fine, I'll put him right underneath that. Uh, this is fine. And no one should be too upset. And then everyone was upset. <laughs> it's gonna happen it's gonna yeah happen. so there's always one guy that gets targeted every time and i guess it's tony gonsolin today speaking of guys that get targeted we're gonna move on to the next tier because there's a guy who's gonna be making his starting pitching debut he has debuted as a reliever uh in this next tier so it's tier 11 carlos Carrasco, martin perez who we're also going to talk about in a bit hyunjin ryu ronzi Contreras, michael lorenzen and marco gonzalez and merrill kelly what is it called and why is it called that Oh my god. All right. <laughs> I'm really I'm just struggling today. Okay. These are the uh the bottom of the drawer pants. Okay. Um, you know, you gotta put on pants. But, but it's time to do your laundry. 
but you, you're doing your laundry and you're looking like I need a pair of pants yeah, and you yeah. do some wiggles, you know, you're like, do I actually still fit in these? They don't feel good. You're trying to move around. It's like, ah, you know, you make that noise. Exactly. It's those pants. Okay. You know, so it's like that, you're not really thrilled to wear these. That doesn't really give me a, a, a lot of faith for how you're feeling about Rones and Contreras, who, who's going to make his starting pitching oh, debut. Dang it. Uh, no, tomorrow. wait, that's the next tier. I actually have a better one. Tier 12 is oh, that one. That's tier 12. Okay, tier 12 is the pants. Okay. This is the Oreo because you have the two foundations of a cookie and something sweet in the middle. And that's Contreras. Yes. Very good. You saved it. You saved it. Very good. I was going to say, because he, he's looked really good in his relief appearances. I liked what they were doing with him, where they were kind of letting him get a taste of the bigs coming in in relief. They sent him back down to increase his workload. Now here he is. He's going to make his MLB starting pitching debut tonight, if you're listening to this, against the Rockies. I imagine that's a stream you're interested in taking, even though it's technically a debut. Debut? Yeah. A, a debut, yes. A debut? Uh, yeah, I, I like my cloud with that debut. See, uh, and uh, yes, maybe, probably. It's weird. This is why he's here and not higher up because he mm. gets the Dodgers after this one. I generally don't like it. I don't like starting guys in their debuts of the year of their their first time. I think there's a lot of extra things going on that makes it uh, a hazy as to how they'll perform. I don't have any indications, like strong ones, about where they're currently at. Uh, it, it just adds too much confusion to the mix. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know if I would, but I, I recognize that it could be so good that people are like, I don't care about that Dodgers start. This is a guy and he's going to be here the rest of the season. If you don't get him now, you're not going to get him, right? Yeah. So that's why I have him here. I'm very curious to see what we're going to get. I think it is tomorrow because it we is. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah right. We're we're you're going to hear this on Tuesday. Yeah, that's why I said tonight. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah, I got you now. You're smart. That so I, I I definitely hear you and I think there are a lot of guys who I wouldn't be I, I'm curious to see if because he has um come in in relief a few times if the and he has pitched on the big league stage if the jitters are a little bit less but then again yeah. he's never seen a rotation you know the first time through the order um so I'll be curious I'll be really I mean curious. he did start excited. he did start last year once. Um, yeah, I remember true. watching that one. I remember not being forgot about so that. So impressed uh, when I saw it. like it's a it's mid to upper nineties on a heater. And he has a slider, right? I mean, that's what I remember at the very least. I uh, yeah. it's not it's not like this. You know, it wasn't like when we first saw Shane McClanahan start, and I just went, "What? I'm sorry, you yeah. exist. You you are a thing in this world right now." Sure. All right. So Ruansi Contreras, I hope is. Yeah, I hope it's something new. But what I've seen from the minor league stuff of this year, he hasn't just transformed into something new either. I think they're tweaking some stuff with him. It'll be well. Then I'm very excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, Martin Perez, top five ERA in all of baseball, complete game shutout, uh, and then what? How? How would you? How would you define a Vargas rule? Martin Perez, you might have to change. I know, right, 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 right. But seriously, like, how would you define it? A guy who is stringing together an elite amount of starts that you don't necessarily believe it's sustainable. So you hold on for the ride until he makes that one blow up and then you free him back into the wild. Yep. Okay. So that absolutely right. Um, I've, it wasn't I've, a no hitter, by the way. It was just a shutout. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. How dare you? Um, but uh, <laughs> no, a Vargas rule to me is essentially a guy without uh, great stuff. But as long as he's in a rhythm of command, 
you know, any good, any pitcher really can perform at the professional level if they just command everything exactly where they want to. Right. Mm. And Martin Perez right now. Oh my Lord. Just look at his plots. It's insane. The changeup is just like a dart thrower hitting triple twenties over and over again. Right. It's amazing what he's doing down and away arm side uh, to righties. And then you have the cutters coming into righties and you have the sinkers going in. He's just nailing it. And mm. that is why you see these these runs sometimes for these guys. It's not just like good luck or something. It's when they actually execute everything to their absolute peak. I don't think that you know these last, they don't they don't go through the entire season, but they are immune to offense, right? To opponent yeah. when they do work. So, yeah, if you want, just pick up Martin Perez and roll with it. I don't know when it's going to hit the wall, though. And when it does hit the wall, oh, man, it it takes a moment to get back to where you were before. And he will be off the list when that wall hits. So good luck to him. Um, All right, let's move on to the next tier here, which is tier 12. You've already given the name. It's Tyler Anderson, Zach Eflin, Ranger Suarez, Cal Quantrill, Paul Blackburn, Zach Eflin's back. He jumps up up at 75. What do you see? What do you need to see from Eflin to move him up a little bit more? Oh, did you did you see it? Did you see the start? Did you see <laughs> what know. happened? I, I, okay, if you guess one thing, one thing about mm-hmm. Zach Eflin, if it, that would yeah. get me excited, what would it be? Curveball, increased curveball usage. Yeah, how much? How much? Uh, what do you think the usage Amage. was yesterday? How much? Mm-hmm. How much? I'll say 30%. 33%. 12 yeah, whiffs on it. But listen, man, uh, I know he's at 75 fast. He's at 75. Uh, yeah, okay? you're, right. you're right. You're right. He's at 75. Right. And like, so I, I, I want to make this point of, of 77 and 78 of Cal Quantrill plus 12 and minus 13 of Paul Blackburn. The premise the same guy. As I say, every single week, once that cliff hits, it's like, this is all just what? <laughs> I mean, the middle of this list this week was really just so many guys that are similar. Um, but yeah, Zach Eflin, we know this, it goes in and out. I remember we were trying to find that quote together of like when Zach Eflin had the curveball and mentioned that like he had it in his bullpen and he didn't, and we couldn't find it, but we know it exists. We've, we know it, it exists it's out there in the ether. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. And yeah, I don't know if it's going to still be there, but that's really cool. All right. We got three more tiers to burn through here. We're going to go uh, baby. Uh, tier 13, Kikuchi, <laughs> Pavetta, Singer, Springs, Whitlock, Kyle Bradish, Justin Steele, Matthew Liberatore. What's it called? Why is it called that? What'd you call him? Matthew Liberatore. Oh my god. Uh, now now I don't have anything. I uh, you this is the uh, oh I already did that name. Dang it. Uh all right. It is wish.com. <laughs> <laughs> which because you really want them to be good no wishcut.com would do two things it would i uh, i think it was wish.com maybe it was something else like it woot i'm thinking of woot woot.com and it would have another it would have a thing every single day that you could purchase just one thing to purchase oh yeah yeah, yeah. yep and i feel like that's what these guys are like the, today is the thing to purchase and they come on down and you don't know if it's actually going to be of quality or not Okay. You know, they're like they try and sell you on things that no one actually wants to buy. That's why they have it. <laughs> yeah, this makes sense. This is actually perfect, right? Because Kikuchi, Pavetta, and Singer alone, you can you encapsulate right in that kind of. Uh, I feel that way about them for sure. The, I mean, 
I would like you to do a quick hit on Kikuchi. I mean, yeah, three walks and all three of his past starts, but also six or seven Ks in his past four starts. He's been able to, uh, you know, keep the ball in the yard for the past three starts as well. A nice 3.47 ERA, but this is the first time he's getting ranked this year. You're still kind of out on Kikuchi. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, Kikuchi... I think I've seen multiple times now people refer to the the Jays being able to fix Ray and they're doing the same thing to Kikuchi. And I go, what do you, I don't see this. Mm. Uh, the Robbie Ray method was, hey, increase your zone rate on your fastball dramatically and throw it in the upper third. And oh yeah, by the way, also increase your velocity by your, a tick. Yeah, your velo. Yeah. And then, then take your elite swinging strike rate slider and throw it down. Ta-da, mm. you have it. Kikuchi has neither of those things. His four-seamer is a sub-50% zone rate pitch. Yeah. Like, that is not a – it still struggles, and it doesn't go around the zone the right place. He actually increased its usage. I don't know. Like, if I buy that, it's BABIP is way low. It's average is way low. There's just good results on it right now. It's worked, but it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and And his slider isn't an elite pitch. He actually stopped throwing the slider and cutter separately. And now has turned them into one pitch and it's good, but it's not like, oh, there is the reason, you know, okay. and the changeup doesn't get strikes at all. Like it's a sub 50% pitch of strike rate. So I just think like this is a nice little run from Kikuchi and I- I'm not in. Okay. Um, tier 14, a lot of tiers this week. Chad Cool, JT Brubaker, Chase Silseth, Reed Detmers, Jordan Hicks, and Josiah Gray. You and I were joking about this at the beginning of the cast, trying to figure out who we should stream today between Chad Cool and JT Brubaker. We both went with Chad Cool. We both, this was yesterday, if you're listening today on Tuesday, yeah. we both regretted it instantaneously. And JT <laughs> Brubaker uh, showed us why we were, why we were, uh, you know, wrong and not choosing him. Chase Silseth, though, struggles in the first inning against Oakland, is able to kind of settle down in the second, and now you drop him down 16. What, what, what is it called, and why is it called that? Yeah, um, oh, it would yeah, be yeah, – yeah, yeah, yeah. It is called the 2 a.m. armchair lamp okay. because <laughs> I, I, it's, it's the parent that uh, is staying up for the child. When they come home, they say, uh, what am I going to do with you? Mm. That's what that's how I feel about all of these. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> now I imagine like we don't really know. There are rumors that Chase Ilseth may be sent back down after the second start. Sure. Hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're still willing to give him a look, even though that, that start against Oakland wasn't terrible. You want to see him dominate right. Oakland a little right. bit more. He struggled, he gained his composure, and he you know struggled again towards the end, but wasn't awful but that's enough for you. Are you dropping him because he could not be in the rotation next week or because you um, aren't as much of a believer? Okay, so, so Chase Silseth, his skill Seth is uh, throwing a mid nineties heater, mid to upper nineties, like 95 to 96 or so. Sometimes he goes up to like 97, 98 uh, with a splitter. That's can be pretty cool, but we haven't actually seen it be this consistent with pitch in the two stars we've seen. We've seen hints at it. We've seen some mm-hmm. good you know, some bad swings. He went against Oakland twice. You know, the first time was good. The second time wasn't very good. And now he gets the Jays. So if I have my 12-teamers, I'm just not interested. I don't want to start for the Jays. And after that bad start or not excellence or great start against Oakland, there's no reason to hoard him at this point. So he fell down yeah. a lot. Okay. The final tier, tier 15, yeah. Kyle Gibson, Madison Bumgarner, Kyle Hendricks, Dane Dunning, James Caprillion, Zach Logue. Nick Martinez, Alex Fado. What's it called? Why is it called that? 
It's called cheese in the fridge because you're there at midnight. You're like, this is what I got. This is what I got. All right. Well, let's end with uh, the number 100. Alex Fajardo, a three ERA through 21 innings pitched, 16.3% K rate, but an 11% swing strike rate, which indicates that that K rate could be coming up a little bit. What do you see out of Alex Fajardo that gives him the vaunted number 100 position? It is my belated birthday gift to you to, to put Alex F at 100. Very nice. Alex Fa. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just eight over. <laughs> That's now, Alex Fajardo's slider has, I believe, a 23% swing strike rate this year. And mm-hmm. I think he's a streamable guy because of that. Okay. I was hoping to come out with a little bit more of a bang. It felt like a little bit of a whimper right there. But I there you go. Well, now you got Nick Martinez is maybe back in the rotation. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. yeah. Should, I, that's, that's what he's, <laughs> he's not 100. He's not 100. So we're not as excited because he's not the number 100. Even though um, he's higher up on the list. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know how it works back here. It's all, it's all magic. <laughs> um, you guys should make sure you're joining us for NABS tomorrow night. Remember, it kicks off live on twitch.tv backslash pitcher list around 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be talking all the good things about baseball, but that is going to do it for episode number 325 of On the Corner, the official pitcherlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. We'll talk to you guys next week.